Friend, can you imagine what it would be like to lead over 800 churches in partnership together for a common cause? That might sound like an impossible assignment in such divisive times as today, but that's the role and responsibility of the Executive Director of the Southern Baptist Convention for Virginia, Dr. Brian Autry. Today on Star City, we'll hear the second part of my conversation with him as he shares stories about what God is doing across our state from the Blue Ridge Mountains all the way to the Eastern Shore. I'm Brian Smith, and now here's the second part of our conversation with Dr. Autry. I'm sure you have examples of how revitalization can benefit a local church. Uh, Brian, can you give us an example of a revitalized church success story since you began, or SBCV began this initiative? Well, you know, I think about, for instance, one church, a, a very practical, very practical issue that they were wrestling with. And it was actually, it was hampering their growth. It was even hampering their long-term members, even being able to stay engaged in the church. And, and, and you might think, well, this, this was actually one of the pieces to revitalization. And, and when, I, when I tell you what it was, the issue was this, is they, they, needed, they needed a bathroom renovation that could, that could be wheelchair accessible, and they needed a wheelchair ramp. So one of the projects we did was we worked with this smaller church. We partnered them with some other resources, and we just helped them work through having a very particular action plan to get a wheelchair ramp built and to get a bathroom renovation done. And it overnight now, – now it depends on your church context, how you might hear these numbers, but they had 15 folks coming. Well, almost overnight, they were able to get back up to 50, 60 people in attendance. Well, wow. you know, that's – that was, that's a big deal in that in that particular yes. church and for those families impacted. And then I'll give you another example, and it's very personal for me because a very long, a very dear friend of mine, Reggie Hester, was involved in revitalizing a church in Portsmouth. And uh, what what he did there is he 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 was the pastor, but he was working with us and encouraging other churches as well. He worked through really primarily pointing them to the fact that they needed to come back to prayer. And they also needed to ask God to give them a renewed heart. Mm. We mentioned this earlier, a renewed heart for the souls of the lost people in their community. Yes. And God just began to do a work. I and mean, he was doing basic Bible preaching, but he was also building into them a sense of prayer, a sense of personal evangelism. And then thirdly, a sense of patience, because sometimes we're just not patient with the work of the Lord. And the reason this is so personal for me is not just because he's such a long-term friend, is because this past December, he died suddenly of a massive heart attack. Mm. And, and the story becomes so poignant because this church was experiencing revitalization, but then all of a sudden, the pastor who was leading them suddenly is taken from them. Mm. But here has been the amazing thing to watch and witness. I was just looking at this just this just this past week. Now they're just beginning to move forward with they have an interim pastor. They're beginning their pastor search process. But the work is continuing. And to me, why it's such a success story is because this church in a in a in a town that itself needs to experience revitalization, they are experiencing a renewed work of the Lord and a renewed work of ministry, really because this pastor led them to be prayerful, led them in personal evangelism, and led them with patience. And it's a tremendous story of how God worked, even in the midst of how he's continued that work after this dear pastor and friend has gone on to be home with the Lord. Yes, and what a bright witness and encouragement Reggie was to so many, and it's exciting to hear 
how his work and his life and his faith continues to be revealed and displayed in the lives of others whom he was leading and serving in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, Brian, I, I began pastoring a church myself of only 65 people. And we didn't have a wheelchair ramp. And the church was discouraged and uh, cast down in so many ways. And here I am, a 22, 23-year-old pastor trying to lead them. And one of the first things we did was we put in a wheelchair ramp uh, and began to work on our bathrooms. And it's interesting how God will use the smallest of things to encourage his people because discouragement is not just suddenly one day out of the blue sort of problem that we face. It is something that just is built brick by brick, one loss, one disappointment, one mistake, one failure at a time. And then suddenly there's this giant wall standing there before the church, and nobody thinks they can get past it. And with a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of steps of moving forward, then momentum begins to build and people begin to realize, hey, God's not through with our church yet. We still have a work, we still have a witness, and we still have a role to play in God's redemptive kingdom plan for mankind as he's entrusted to us to do as ambassadors for Christ. But still, change is hard, and and a lot of what you're dealing with, it sounds like, in church revitalization is helping churches to come to a place where they're willing to change. Not that they'll change, just that they're willing to change. Why do you think it's so hard for churches to change? <laughs> well, you know, it is it is about change. And as some have said, you know, really leadership is really about leading change. And I think that's uh, pretty well spoken there. And you're absolutely point on with the fact that a lot of what we're describing is just how how do you how do you navigate the change? I tell you, as I think about change, I, I, I'm trying to be generous to to my brethren and not just uh, say, well, you know, uh, there people are just persnickety or they're just anti-change. And sometimes that 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 is the case. I mean, we can all kind of have our our kind of uh, choice traditions and kind of pet projects, kind of have our our sacred cows and horses, whatever metaphor you want to use. Yes. But but to be generous, and I think just to I mean just to acknowledge reality is I think I think a lot of folks they experience change, and it might be a teenager, it might be a senior adult, it might be someone in between, but they're experiencing change in so many areas of life. One thing I've kind of noticed as a pastor is I think sometimes people take comfort in what they perceive as the constancy and the tradition of their church experience. And so, for instance, you know. Uh, take music. People say, well, you know, when I come to church, you know, I like to sing this because it's familiar, or it reminds me of what we did back when. And by the way, uh, research and and psychologists tell us that most folks uh, remember the past, but they remember the past idealistically. Like, for instance, you remember the you remember what you did in the past, but you you remember it with kind of uh, 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 golden eyes, if you will, and uh, and kind of uh, sugarcoat over all of yes, the unpleasant, right? Um, but but the but I, I do think people are just wrestling with the fact that sometimes in church they're kind of looking for that place where they can come, and and everybody's going to know their name, and it's going to kind of be the same song and the same verse. So I think a key is this: is I, I think I think we have to recognize the change is tough for people. Uh, my wife used to kind of coach me every now and then when I as a pastor. She'd say, Ryan, look, every now and then you got to kind of let everybody else catch up with you. Because I think they're tired, and I came to call that change fatigue. I think sometimes 
people just are tired and they're just fatigued from life. And when they come to church, they just, they just don't want another change. But I think a key is continuing to focus on the glory and the constancy of Christ. Yes. The Bible says in Hebrews, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Bible tells us in that same chapter, he's not going to leave us nor forsake us. So I think you focus on the glory of Christ, and then we have to keep heralding the necessity of the mission. And in essence, what I'm saying is the big obstacle is we can't make it about ourselves. Boy, and so that's true. hard mm. because because <laughs> we try to do that, don't we, Brian? We try we, to make it about ourselves. So I think that's the key. And it's not just by our but, people, but, but know, pastors have too. their own challenge. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Hey, hey, pastors and people, we one of us may be behind the pulpit and the other's in the pew, but we ain't that far from each other. We're in the same canoe, aren't we, brother? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we sir. certainly are. That's right. Well well, here's right. here's a here's the important question, Brian. I want I want to ask at this point. What are some of the things that church members can do to help their pastor uh or each other? in making a difference with the revitalizing uh, revitalizing and strengthening uh, of their own church community and family. Well, I tell you one thing, if, 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 and, if, and I'll just, I'm going to assume we have some brothers and sisters in Christ listening right now that are, that are members and partners in our local churches. And what I would say to my dear brothers and sisters is this, and I think about my own dad, who for years was faithful deacon, Sunday school teacher. Uh, he cut the grass at church. I tell you what pastors need, and my dad has been this for a number of pastors. Mm. And I think about layman in my own life. Pastors need encouragement. Now, 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 I'm not trying to say that, that everyone doesn't need encouragement, but I'm just saying, dear friend, brothers and sisters in Christ who are members of churches, don't, don't you doubt for a minute that God can't use you to be an encourager in your pastor's life. And that means this. I would just, one thing I would just suggest is, hey, just pray for your pastor with no agenda other than just praying for him and his family. And then, and then you know, every now and then float that at pastor some encouragement. Thank him for the word that he's preached. And I'm not talking about just kind of passing platitudes. I'm talking about maybe grabbing hold of something. And then a willingness to serve, saying, listen, I will serve anywhere. I remember when I was planning a church, Brian, I passed around a legal pad and said, y'all just write down where you'll serve. And I remember, I remember this brother, he wrote down by his name. He said, I'll serve anywhere. Just put me in, coach. And I'm telling you what, that, that'll that bless a pastor right there. It Those are will. kind of some general ideas, but they're but they're but they're keepers. <laughs> Amen. And may may that brother's number greatly increase. Greatly That's increase. Right. You know, Brian, a few years ago, Dr. Tom Rayner wrote a book, Autopsy of a Dead Church, 12 Ways to Keep Your Church Alive. When you think about some of the church members whom you've had the privilege of serving with over the years, and I'm not asking you to share their names, but Tell us about someone you remember who God used to help keep the church alive while advancing God's kingdom mm. mission. Well, I tell you, I, I, I think about two brothers. They had different personalities. Not, they're not earthly brothers. They're brothers in Christ. Mm. And I remember they came to me, and they did this. And I've been asked sometimes by, by pastors and others, you know, your church grew, it went through these dynamics. What was the key? And there's a lot of things that you and I both know we could say about our ministries and what it means to, to lead. But one thing I've kept coming back to is the fact that, that they came to me and they said, hey, would you be interested in just gathering? Maybe maybe we can get together before work on Tuesday and uh, we'll just meet over at this uh, little uh, coffee shop and we'll just pray together. And of course, sometimes, you know, be like, okay, now what, what is this about? Are we going to, and you know what it became? 
is it was never they prayed for me as their pastor, but they really prayed with me as their brother in Christ. And I can tell you this, and they both ended up in they were in leadership in our church and all that, but we never it wasn't that they didn't welcome me to talk about leadership things and issues in the church, but that was never the agenda. They they always made the agenda about we're just brothers praying in Christ. And I've come back to the fact of having a couple of brothers in Christ who really just love me and the Lord as me. Mm. And they were brothers. And that that blessing. became such a powerful blessing, Brian, and a support to help us in advancing God's kingdom mission in that church, because that church went through a lot of dynamic changes and a lot of different experiences. But I could come back to the fact of on a Tuesday morning, um, getting to show up with brothers and have coffee and a bagel. And uh, I, I didn't take the notes. I didn't even write down the prayer request. One of them who was an engineer, he's the one who did that. And they didn't even expect me to begin or close in prayer. I was one of the brother at that very small brothers at that very small table. And I cannot tell you how I've come back to that, that, that time now, Brian. And I've thought about how instrumental that was in protecting me in mm. the Lord and, yes. and really helping to, to support me as I wasn't just a pastor, but I was a, a still a pretty young husband and dad too. You know, it sounds like that God sent, as in the case of Moses, an Aaron and a her there to help hold up your arms, as it were, in ministry, your heart, your mind, and, and be that support to you that you needed, that I'm sure one of the joys we're going to have in heaven is when we're finally where we know, even as we are known, that we will realize, understand that God was doing bigger things in our lives when he sent these people across our path to take care of us than we ever began to imagine or dream of while we were still on this side of heaven. What a great story, Brian. Indeed, how thankful all of us are as Christians for our brothers and our sisters in Christ who continue to make an incredible difference in the life of their own church families by the way they continue seeking to live for our Lord and Savior. Well, my friend, that's all the time we have for today's episode here at the Star City Podcast. Our guest today has been Dr. Brian Autry, Executive Director of the SBCV. And if you want to know more about church revitalization, as well as the other ministries Brian and others are leading in across our commonwealth, then just click on sbcv.org and find out today the exciting things that God is doing. Brian, it's been a privilege, my friend. God bless you, and thank you for all that you do in helping other churches from the Blue Ridge Mountains to the eastern shore of Virginia. Thank you so much. And friends, thank you for listening in on another great story right here on the Star City Podcast. We hope that we can get together again next time. And remember to please tell someone else and invite them to join us. I hope you have a blessed rest of your week. And remember to always keep living by His grace and for His glory.